What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. Um, so my name is Dr. Sakshi Dikku. My pronouns are she, her. I'm a queer, brown, chronically disabled occupational therapist and a sexuality counselor who's based in Mumbai, India. Growing up, Sakshi's sex education basically boiled down to one word, she said, nothing. If, if I sort of put all of that into perspective, it was very focused about not doing things. How am I not supposed to be? What am I not supposed to talk about? What sort of touch is bad? So everything was more about no's and creating boundaries which kept people away. That made for an overwhelming experience from adolescence into early adulthood as she tried to navigate sexuality and relationships. Sakshi now works with people from around the world, and she has found that many cultures have the exact same barriers. You're not supposed to discuss sex with your parents. A peer pressure is the worst. If they suck, they have the worst advice. And everywhere around, there's no information that actually talks about bodies that are not abled or like aren't fair, aren't perfect are blemish-free, wrinkle-free, basically spotless. Those limiting messages about keeping people away, she said, play out in the ways she creates relationships today. It's something that she has to continually work on to change. It's the so much of unlearning. So much. Having to keep people away in relationships is an especially confusing message when you're someone like Sakshi. She loves people. It's why she knew she wanted to work in healthcare. With God's grace, I had a, a very good set of genes, which gave me a good combination of brain and heart. So that sort of worked out for me. Midway into her schooling, she decided to focus on occupational therapy, something she sort of found by coincidence. She said it found her. And it turned out to be a seamless fit for the work she does today. Realizing she could have an entire career around sexuality was a total game changer. That was one of the most eureka moments that happened in my mind. And that has led to everything that I have done today, everything that I say, or even get the opportunity to come here, meet you, discuss all things sex and sexuality. That truly marked the beginning of my journey. It is impossible to talk to Sakshi without feeling her passion for these topics. When she talks about sex and sexuality, she glows. After we spoke, it struck me how much she does the exact opposite of those harmful messages about keeping people away that she learned. When I mentioned how important her work is, she immediately replied, and yours, this is our work together. We are changing the world. You have a real passion for this, don't you? Don't you see me blushing, smile, sparkling? <laughs> it's, it's the same. She pointed at my cheeks there again 
unity, sameness. But I'm pretty sure a lot of my sparkle was coming from just listening to her. That spark of hers is one reason I knew she would be perfect for exploring sex resolutions for the new year. The word resolution always feels a bit off to me, given that, at least here in the U.S., it's often associated with harmful restriction. So many resolutions have to do with shame and dislike, becoming less of ourselves. In this episode, our last Girl Boner episode of the year, I want to celebrate ways we can become and experience more. As we move into the year's end and look to the future, it's a good time for reflection, considering what we are grateful for, and perhaps anything we would like to add to our lives for nourishment, growth, and ideally, pleasure. A few weeks ago, in a survey I sent out to my email list, I asked listeners to share any sex goals they have in mind or might consider setting in the future. Before we get to those, I would love for all of us to consider one that Sakshi recommended and I absolutely love, creating a pleasure toolkit. Which basically is your comfort space. All good things that help you connect with yourself, bring you joy, help you feel calm, ground, relaxed, any, any comfort emotion that you always look for. The idea is to combine all of your senses. And try to use as much sensation that brings you a little bit, if not a lot, of joy. This can be aromatherapy for some, just lighting up scented candles, choosing a favorite track. Lying under the blanket, sipping a coffee or a beverage that you love. If you want to close your eyes, if you find it too overwhelming, dim the lights, sort of be with your favorite unicorn blankets. That's, that's something that I'm talking about. But again, it's about creating that multi-sensory experience that basically helps you calm and ground yourself. If you want to make these experiences a bit spicier, she said you can take more steps. You could dress in a way that feels calming or sensual, for example, whether that's your favorite fuzzy sweats or sexy lingerie. You can also think about ways to bring pleasurable sensations to your body. Take a warm bath or, a, or have like a spa time with themselves. Go ahead, pay attention to any, any part of the body that they think needs to be paid attention on. Now, this can be with massaging, actually using a vibrator or a massager to just relax the muscles, ease the pain. It's really simple, she said. And something you can keep on hand for days difficult and bright. And as time goes on, you can make additions. You listen to a track that actually resonates with you a sound that resonates with you, an aroma that resonates with you, a sensation that resonates with you. Keep it. Add it to the library. It's, it's literally creating an erotic library for your, yourself. One you can turn to, especially when you feel vulnerable. 
She described it as sensuality in its most raw and purest form. You're just working with yourself and actually embracing the lows, highs, mids, anything that you are feeling right now. That's one of the most beautiful ways to move forward. If anyone wants to work sensually or pleasure ways and sort of should be aspiring for, I think. That's so powerful. And one thing I love about it is that it's not this one-time thing. You're talking about cultivating a toolbox and like a practice. Yes, absolutely. Isn't that what it is? It's a skill. It's an art when we talk about sex, when we talk about toys. If, if we can update our fashion regularly, if we can update our technology regularly, why aren't we updating our sexual practice regularly? It's as simple as that. That needs to happen. It should be a part of the routine. And it's, it's interconnected to so many things because, like I said, even when we are talking about sensuality, it's about literally every part of the body. It's about muscles, it's about sensation, it's about our nervous system, it's about our digestive health, it's about our pelvic floor. It's literally about everything, each and every system being regulated, uh, co-regulated, interconnected and sort of delivering an outcome. It's a very polarized view that everything related to sex will be sexual, which isn't true. We all know that. Okay, so on to the spicy desires and curiosities survey I mentioned, where I asked people to share any sex goals they might set. I received so many responses, and for this question in particular, I noticed some themes. The first one I shared with Sakshi, she was not a fan of. Okay, so one that came up a couple times was having sex more often. What do you think about that goal? I don't like that as a goal. (laughs) I don't like it. I mean, are you talking about frequency or are you talking about quality? Because those are two very different things. Let's see. Somebody else said they want to learn about rope tying and being tied up. And another person said they want to learn about BDSM. I think this is beautiful. When they talk about learning, I actually love it. When I started this year, my intention was to learn more about uh, my cultural practices, which is Taoism and Tantric sex, because I always found it to be a little bit more ridiculous. Because mindfulness personally does not work for me. But as a professional, I cannot have that view, right? I need to I need to acquire these skills and learn a little bit of everything. It's so beautiful that when I started changing that mindset and I, I stepped into the learning mindset and being a little bit, just a little bit more flexible, I was able to pick up some really great things from tantric sex and Taoism. She learned about pleasure mapping, for example, where you explore different parts of your body and map out your erogenous zones. One of the most beautiful things that I learned was about breath work. And I I do absolutely love it. As she was studying Taoism, she also came across shibari practices. You tie a person up for aesthetic purposes, perhaps using an intricate pattern. Historically, it's been used for relaxation, an active form of meditation, and for building trust between folks. During sex, it can provide the sultry sensation of restriction some folks enjoy, 
while heightening intimacy. When Sakshi came upon it, she thought, I don't desire that. It doesn't arouse me. But that's fine. We don't need to be into everything we learn about or try. Sometimes it's the exploring and talking and learning that turns out to be the most interesting and helpful anyway. Take, for example, if you are delving into the BDSM community. That provides chances to consider all different types of play and to communicate with others about your desires. That's something that Sakshi is pretty gobsmacked about. She saw a lot of it recently, during a workshop where she collaborated with a chronic disabled sex educator and a rope educator. And I was there just to provide my medical guidance as to how to make it as safe as possible for all bodies. And it was one of the most best things that I think I've done this year. Because it was such a great, great experience for me to learn as a professional, but also as a person as to what it really means to use rope. What does it really mean to practice BDSM? And what does learning mean? Because in that space, partners came together to explore and communicate, which was so beautiful. I love the aspirations and goals which talk about learning and exploring because it, it sets such a positive mindset. I absolutely love those. Another theme that came up in people's responses was communication, which I loved seeing. A few folks shared that they really want to get better at communicating their desires around sex. Two basically said that they want to learn how to talk comfortably about sex in general. If that appeals to you, consider Sakshi's top sex communication tips. I think choosing a place and a time that's non-sexual is a good place to start. And framing questions or framing um, sentences or approaching your partners in a way that speaks about your desires instead of commanding them. So for example, rather than saying to a partner, we need to try rope play, or worse, our sex life is boring, so I got us this rope to try. You could take Sakshi's advice and say, Hey, I, I looked upon rope work or a rope workshop recently. It fascinated me. Do you think we would, you would be interested in giving this a try? Asking these exploratory questions from a place of genuine desire and curiosity provides a space to talk about your desires while respecting your partner's choices and their desires. And that's really important because in a solo adventure, in a solo experience, I am the ruler. You are the one who can go ahead, stop, pause. You are your own boss. But when you are with another person, you are trying to co-create an experience, which has to be good, if not the best, for both of you or all of you. Beforehand communication sort of, if, if it's done in a more respectable tone, in a way that reflects authenticity, in a way where a person feels validated and seen, creates a very good tone for the sexual experiences and sexual communication that comes forth because you know you are respected, you are seen. If you're concerned about these conversations feeling awkward, Sakshi said, well, yes, they are. 
acknowledge it. What's so wrong with having awkward conversations? I mean, remember the last time you asked your partners to where is this relationship going? Are we supposed to be girlfriend and boyfriend? Are we going to have a baby together? Are we going to show up to that wedding together? We've had these awkward conversations. And there's no need to shy away from awkward ones around sex. Also awkward for many folks is being naked around a sexual partner at all. Several people told me they want to work on increasing sexual confidence in the coming year or to feel more comfortable naked or about certain body parts during sex. Oh my God, I'm a professional, but I'm also 24 years old. In other words, she gets it. And she hears from so many people who struggle with negative thoughts about their body, like, I need to look a perfect way, perfect size. I have to be desirable for somebody. But there never comes a moment or a time where we actually sit down and actually appreciate facts about us, facts about our body, uh, things that we love, things that we are amazing at. She recommended an exercise for anyone who's comfortable and inclined. Drop down your clothes, look at yourself naked in a mirror. The whole of your body, I'm not asking you to touch yourself or do anything for that matter. Just look at every inch of your body. While doing so, it can be easy to focus on your perceived flaws. For me, I still do not like how my belly sort of just falls out, so I do not like my belly pooch. I'm still trying to make my comfort with it. For the longest time, I wasn't able to pinpoint why I do not like it. Side note, I love that her response wasn't, how do I change it? But how do I get comfortable with it? And that she looked into why she hasn't liked it. Who says you can't embrace a belly pooch? But once you're done with that, repeat the same process again. Enlist the good things, the great things, the amazing things. And always give that a reason. I do not like this. Why? If I do like this, why? I am proud of my eyelashes. They are thick. Even my eyebrows, they are so thick. It saves me so much time. It's amazing. <laughs> I think it, it takes time. It takes time. It takes a lot of practice. Again, hoping that it's always going to stay at that peak is a myth. Things come. Things change. Our confidence changes. And we have to understand that it's 2021. We are running. It's a rat race amidst a pandemic. We are talking about survival and death. We are talking about loss and grief. We are also talking about finding touch again, to feel grounded again, to feel human again. And on top of that, we are struggling to just find the essence of our being. We are imposing so many unrealistic expectations, which basically no one has created about how we are supposed to look how we are supposed to behave, the kind of partner that we need to have, the kind of sex that we need to have. If that resonates with you, hear this. There are no rules. You are writing them. Everyone has their own rite of passage as to how they reach this realization as to I write my own rules. Sometimes I do not follow it. The rule book goes to trash. But some days I do write my own rules. And it is a process. It's a process for me as a professional as well. Some days I do not think that I'm beautiful enough. Some days I do not think that I'm worthy of love. 
but other days i know i'm so amazing that <laughs> i'm worth of every love and every appreciation that's been put out there every human connection that i make understand that it's human to have these ups and downs to struggle but remember just because you feel pressured to behave or look a certain way doesn't mean that you have to and create your own rules be a boss bitch all of you it's totally allowed whatever has been sold to us in the media on instagram which looks too perfect it's a lie it is a huge lie just call it out that is it it's a lie To learn much more from Dr. Sakshi Tiku, visit sexloveandot.com and follow her on Instagram at sex.love.andot. She posts fun illustrations, videos on everything from reading lists to effective ways to use sex toys. Speaking of toys and cultivating sexual confidence, You probably know that I am a huge fan of solo play and toys for getting to know our bodies, reducing stress and more. Right now at the Pleasure Chest, you can explore their holiday gift guides for fun goodies for yourself, a friend or a partner. Anyone you care about who wants those benefits. For G-spot fun, check out the non-vibrating Lawand Arch. It's featured in their Words of Affirmation collection, and it's made out of stainless steel, which gives it this nice, luxurious weight and makes it a fun choice for temperature play. You can heat it up in warm water before you play or with your body as you get turned on. While you are at it, don't forget to stock up on lube. Learn more and start shopping at thepleasurechest.com. Again, that's the pleasure chest at thepleasurechest.com. And that brings us to the end of the last episode of this year. I cannot thank you enough for being here. Whether you are a new listener, welcome, or a long-time veteran. I hope you have a meaningful wrap-up to your year. and wonderful holidays if you celebrate. I know it's a difficult time of year for many, so if that's the case for you, please please take best care. I am already looking forward to being back and sharing new episodes with you all after the new year. If you've been enjoying the show, I would love to hear from you by way of a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app or the iTunes Store. You can also support the show and my mission to reach and support more people and build my team by joining my community at patreon.com/girlboner. When you do, you will also get access to fun bonus content, including a bonus segment for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>